The purpose of Wealth Talk is to educate, inform, and hopefully entertain you on the subject of building your wealth. Wealth Builders recommends you should always take independent financial, tax, or legal advice before making any decisions around your finances. Welcome to episode 88 of Wealth Talk. My name is Christian Rodwell, the Membership Director of Wealth Builders, and I'm joined today by our founder, Mr. Kevin Whelan. Hi, Kevin. Hello, Chris, and a very happy 2021 to you. Happy New Year to you too. And um, we are back with another episode of Wealth Talk, and we're continuing where we left off in 2020, which was talking about entrepreneurship for children and teenagers. And uh, in our last episode, which was episode 87, we had Neil Morgan, who's a new member of Wealth Builders, and Dan Britton, who are both teachers. So they were giving a unique perspective of what they're actually seeing within the education system and some ideas and things that they're doing to try and, you know, create more entrepreneurially minded children. Yes, and very uh, inspiring they are too. And be prepared to be super inspired by a very clever tyke, Jody. Uh, literally, and a powerhouse, isn't she? In more ways than one, as I'm sure you'll reveal, Chris. And uh, you can tell straight away from the get-go that you're going to be bowled over by her blaze energy, and she's got so much energy for everyone to share. So make sure that uh, you pay attention and uh, listen out for the wealth lessons as well, as we will debrief them at the end. Yeah, absolutely. So Jody is clearly very passionate about this topic and um, has has co-authored the uh, Clever Tyke series, which she talks about. But more recently, she's actually uh, co-authored a brand new book, How to Raise Entrepreneurial Kids with Daniel Priestley. And Daniel was our guest on episode 67 of Wealth Talk uh, last year. And um, this book on how to raise entrepreneurial kids is... Uh, you know, interesting because it, it actually talks about four pillars. We don't talk about it in the interview, but uh, they talk about, you know, the importance of the right mindset at a young age, having the right skills, the right experiences and coaching, you know, in order for that child to thrive. And certainly I think you'll hear from the interview today about the importance of just giving children that freedom to be creative and, and to make mistakes and not worry about it. Well, it's great to hear somebody else with a view and a take on pillars but a couple of those are particularly relevant, I think. One is to recognize that kids have got a lot of tempo energy. You know, they love doing things. It almost, you can hear in our language, can't you? He was acting like a kid again. And, you know, we like to dress up. We like to do things. And, and I think giving children experiences, which gets them to think about and, and, and take money as part of something, you know, so they get an experience there is great. And also coaching, because it's obvious to me that while parents can be role models and sometimes bad role models, actually, it's also good to recognize that even children need coaching and often not the parents. But of course, you know, we'll certainly be talking about how parents can help, but it's good to know that there are coaches too who can bring a different perspective. We know that kids can be rebellious against their parents and that's normal, isn't it? So sometimes a teacher or a coach or a guide is the right place to think about. But uh, I'm looking forward to this interview and uh, looking forward to sharing our thoughts as well. Yeah, let's do that. And uh, let's have a listen to our conversation today with Jody Cook. Jody, very warm welcome to Wealth Talk today. Thank you so much for having me. No, I'm really, really pleased to have you on today, Jody. Now, normally I'd start off by saying introduce yourself and uh, tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do. But I think 
that I would like to introduce you uh, because I've had a look through your Wikipedia, Jody, and I was absolutely blown away by the number of achievements that you've already had in your life. And uh, let me just run through here because social media agency in 2011 that you started. In 2013, you co-founded and wrote the Clever Tykes storybook series, which we're going to focus on a little bit more in today's episode. Now, in between that period, I know you got some sponsorship, but I'll let you tell us about that in, in a moment. Uh, and then fast forwarding to 2017, you were featured in Forbes for the 30 under 30 social entrepreneurs in Europe. Then in 2018, in fact, 2017 was it, you were invited to uh, do the TEDx talk, Creating Useful People. And then the following year in 2018, you were a contributing writer for Forbes magazine and also competed in the world championships as an international powerlifter for Great Britain. And then this year, you've co-authored your latest book with Daniel Priestley, which is titled How to Raise Entrepreneurial Kids. So quite a lot going on there, Jodie. <laughs> Women of such a young age. And of course, today's topic is all about, you know, inspiring young uh, children and adults around enterprise and entrepreneurship. So, you know, really interested to hear your background today, Jodie. But um, I mentioned there that in between you co-founding and uh, writing the Clever Tykes storybooks in 2013, uh, you actually got some sponsorship. So why don't we start off with that point and tell us a little bit about the Clever Tykes series, Jodie. Sure. The Clever Tykes series are four storybooks and accompanying resources. And it's all about role models. It's all about giving kids entrepreneurial role models so that they have experience of a kind of character that's that's a bit entrepreneurial that they can learn from and emulate and, and be inspired by. And um, so, yeah, my co-founder and I wrote them. We, I mean, <laughs> we didn't really have a clue what we were doing when we first started writing them. It was just like, yeah, sure, we'll just write some children's books and we'll get them stocked and we'll sell them and it'll be it'll be easy. <laughs> and um, and then we we worked out that we, whilst we were selling them and and they were they were kind of going places, we we realised that to have them make the most impact, we wanted to give them away. We wanted to find a way of giving everyone an entrepreneurial role model, no matter what their background was. And so that's when we set about trying to get sponsorship. Um, and yeah, we, we tried to get very small sponsorships. So we tried to get banks and airlines and supermarkets to sponsor kind of five schools at a time. It took us so long to get even one of those signed off that we thought, hang on, it's going to take us like years to do the whole country. So that's when we just scrapped all our plans and thought we just need to find one sponsor who can sponsor the books into all of the primary schools in the UK, which is 24,000 primary schools. So we put all our energy into that one goal and then managed to manage to secure it. And Lloyd's Banking Group became our sponsor. And it meant that every kid in the UK um, at a UK primary school could have an entrepreneurial role model. So that was the, that was such a big thing to secure, which then led on to the Forbes 30 under 30 and lots of things after that. And also this, this book, the How to Raise Entrepreneurial Kids book is very much linked to that project. Yeah. So take us back then, Jody. What happened in your childhood that led to you being so entrepreneurial minded? <laughs> well, I don't I mean, I don't know if it was ever conscious, but I do know that I was I was raised with such a fierce sense of independence and there were so many occasions where I was just thrown in the deep end and just like it was it was just a case of 
just, just, you know, get on with it. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? You'll figure it out. And these are just phrases that were constantly said to me that I probably still repeat back to myself now. Like, you know, what's the worst that could happen? Like, um, like who really cares? Does it matter? Um, just, just go for it. All those little kind of snippets of <laughs> snippets of mantras that still stick with me. But a couple of the examples in particular that, that stand out. One is that from a really young age, I was probably about four three or four when it first happened. But whenever my family went away to, I don't know, to grandma's house for the weekend or away on a, on a holiday, um, it was up to me to pack my own suitcase. So I was just, I don't even know if I was handed a suitcase. I probably had to get it myself. <laughs> and then it was up to me to decide what to wear, to plan for that week and to work out exactly what to put in it. And I wasn't given any guidance and I wasn't, ever told no you can't take that or you know have you uh, have you kind of have you thought about this it was all up to me to do and to plan and looking back at it now I must have got so much from that because it meant that it was all up to me I was in charge of my own destiny and and really the worst thing that could happen is I wore some silly outfits for a couple of days and then (laughs) and then maybe didn't do that again um but so the suitcase was definitely one of them and then Another thing that I always did and was encouraged to do was just book my own phone appointments and also get book my own appointments using the phone. And also I was just confident using the phone. So in our house, whenever it rang, it was like a race. Like everyone would rush towards it and go, I'll get it, I'll get it. And we were very confident and comfortable just talking to whoever was on the other end of it. And I know now that even maybe some of the people I've hired in the past have not wanted to speak on the phone because it's a scary thing and you don't know who's on the other side of it. But I think that being able to just confidently answer it and being able to just, you know, if you need a dentist appointment or a doctor's appointment, just calling up and making one, even if you're a five-year-old trying to book it, I think that it teaches you so much. And so they're two of the examples probably that that I learned so much from that led to me being able to start a business at 22 and not feeling like it was a big deal. Mm. And do your parents come from, you know, business backgrounds, entrepreneurial backgrounds as well? I'd say, well, definitely entrepreneurial. So my dad, um, well, when I was very young, I thought my dad sold cars. And then I found out that he taught other people to sell cars. And then I found out that he trained teams of people in, in being really good at sales. And then I found out that he was transferred between car dealerships to turn around ones that were failing and make them successful again. So I very much knew age appropriate things about my dad's work um, whenever it was the right time for me to learn about it. And then my mom has, she was kind of in the corporate world until I was about uh, 12 maybe. And then she was self-employed from then. So she worked from home from all my teenage years. So I definitely remember you know, there was, there was a a study and there was a room that she worked in and that was kind of her space for doing it. And when, whenever she was on the phone, we had to be quiet. And it was, I remember picking up a a really good sense that work was important and work was something that you take seriously and that you put your all into and you always make sure that you give the best impression of yourself. Yeah. 
In our last episode, Jody, episode 87, uh, we featured two, two teachers and I asked them both about the role of entrepreneurship coming from the parents and, and from the schools. Now, obviously, you can see both sides, not as a parent yet, because you're not a parent yet, but um, obviously you have interviewed so many parents and certainly in your latest book, How to Raise Entrepreneurial Kids, there's over 50, 150 stories in there and uh, from both parents and entrepreneurs. So what are some of your favourites and, uh, you know, best lessons? from that book there are so many amazing ones and actually some of them even conflict with each other but I think that's a good thing because the book is definitely not about giving parenting advice or giving advice in any way it's about sharing loads of stories and if one resonates great and if one doesn't then it's fine to just move on so one of the ones that stands out is someone called Deepak Taylor and he founded a company called latest free latest free stuff.co.uk and it's all about finding people bargains and coupons and things online and when he was younger he started experimenting with ebay and he started finding things from around the house and putting them on ebay and then he was just amazed at how people would actually buy this stuff that he just thought was completely useless and he was talking about how he he put listed some of his mom's items on ebay and then at first she was like, what are you doing listing my stuff? <laughs> and then she was amazed at how, at how they were actually getting bids on this on these things. And it was, and then that led on to him actually buying things in bulk and turning that into a business when he was kind of in his late teens. But I love the fact that when he was, he must have been doing that when he was super young, but it was just experimenting and it was just testing out these online platforms and seeing what could be possible in a completely safe space because you know you, he didn't need to he didn't need to actually sell, sell any of the stuff um and that's a very big theme of the book that it's that it's just experimenting and just testing out and almost kind of playing businesses like you know when you're little I don't know if you do th- did this but we've just we kind of pretended to have jewelry shops and bake sales and all that kind of stuff and it's not really like you're not gonna you know start submitting VAT returns and and taking it really seriously but the fact that you just get to play along is is really fun and can just spark these ideas another thing that's mentioned quite a bit specifically in one section that's about attention spans is this concept of developing mastery so one of the parents who submitted a story for the book was talking about this concept of like doubling down on whatever they're interested in. So he was saying like at the moment, um, his son's really interested in dinosaurs. So they're kind of doubling down on dinosaurs. So they'll go to dinosaur museums and they'll do research little projects on different, on different types of dinosaur and he'll have like a dinosaur bedspread. And, and the idea is that they want him to develop this, this mastery over the subject and this deep knowledge so that he can almost learn how to do that, learn how to be so engrossed in a topic that he could really easily apply that elsewhere. And I quite like that idea of developing a long attention span, especially in today's world where you've got smartphones and the internet and everything trying to distract you at any given time. I love that. I love that doubling down idea. And um, do you you believe, Jodie, that entrepreneurship is born or do you believe, because you talk about, becoming enterprising right so do you believe that this is something that that you know children can be kind of not trained in but certainly encouraged and developed rather than uh, you know it, it just being something that someone either has or done, doesn't have yeah for sure i believe that i think entre- being entrepreneurial is a is a mindset and as a way of thinking 
And I think that although not everyone wants to start their own business, there's still a place for entrepreneurial behavior and entrepreneurial thinking. And I think that the most the most brilliant people who are hired in companies are entrepreneurial, even though they might not own the company. What do you feel is missing from the educational system at the moment, Jodie? And what's relevant right now when it comes to kids learning about money? About money. So, <laughs> well, oh, this is this is such an interesting topic and I'm so fascinated by it and grateful that you asked me to be on this podcast to talk about it. I think that um, people take on the beliefs of their parents about money and, oh, I can see you now. <laughs> we are recording live on great. video. We... <laughs> All right. I popped up. Well, nice to, nice yes, to meet you. Did. I know. Right. <laughs> so, right, I, I think that people in general, by default, will take on the beliefs of their parents. So some examples that always fascinate me when you see someone doing it is who is there that looks at the cheapest item on the menu first, regardless of if they actually want to eat the cheapest item on the menu. If someone talks about something being expensive, do what does expensive even mean? Does it mean it's just, you know, you're getting ripped off or does it mean you might, it might be something that's better value or better quality? The word expensive conjures up different different things to different people. And then also, what does someone think about someone who has money? Do you think of them as someone who lied or cheated their way to get there? Or do you think of them as someone who found out a way of serving an audience? And I think all of those things come from how money is talked about in childhood. So if you kind of move on to... Like, I mean, the, the different financial models for living, there are as many there are as many of those as there are people right now. So you could read the four-hour work week and you could believe that you need to outsource everything so that you can travel the world and, you know, let other people do all the work. Or you could read Rich Dad, Poor Dad and believe that you just need to invest in property and create a passive income. Or you could, you could just believe that you need to get pay, paid on an hourly rate and that hourly rate must be as high as possible. Um there's just so many different ways of thinking about it that I almost think what's more important is not picking one way, but it's showing that there are loads of different ways to format your your own finances and to think about how you make money and how you spend money. So I guess it's it's giving all the options so that someone can make their own decision, which is so much of so much of what the the theme of the How to Raise Entrepreneur Kids book and all my work is on about, just giving choices. And coming back to the Clever Tykes books, Jody, what are some of the changes and feedback that you've seen and had as a result of being able to put so many of those books into the hands of children? The feedback we get is, is that it's like flicking a switch in the mind of someone, in the mind of a young person. Some of the feedback has involved that people might go from being feeling like they're being defeated and feeling like they're going to have, you know, they're going, they're having tantrums easier or they're not happy with something and they just kind of go, oh, it's not fair and then can't think of a way forward, right up to seeing problems as challenges to be overcome and to think about solutions and to even like involve siblings in coming up with the solutions. That's the kind of real changes in behavior that we've seen, which is, which is amazing because that's exactly what the books are for, just to get someone to think in a different way. Yeah. And what's your take, Jodie, on the impact of social media now and, you know, the meteoric rise and success of people almost overnight, right, through through social media? And is this having a positive or, or perhaps a negative impact on, on some children? 
Yeah, it's. I think it's a little bit of both. I think the positive side of it is that the old rules do not apply anymore. There's no limit to what you can achieve at whatever age. And I think that can be really inspiring. The fact that you could you could conjure up a business idea, you could get on Squarespace and you could put a website together and start running ads to it in a day. And the barriers to entry used to be huge for starting businesses. I think that's a real positive side. Um, I think the negative side is that the nature of social media means that often we see the fruits of the labor and not the labor itself. And so it could lead someone to feel a bit rubbish that it seems like all the YouTubers they see have, I don't know, Ferraris and really nice houses and, and they have no idea about how to actually get there. So I think it could lead you to almost compare your behind the scenes with someone else's very edited showreel and then not use it as motivation, but use it as a kind of envy or, or thing that gets you down. Yeah. Now, you started your social media agency back in 2011, Jody. You were selected as one of the original 12 ambassadors of the startup loans uh, as an example of someone who started their business with less than £1,000 and you were 22 years of age then. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about what that was like for you at that early stage. <laughs> I honestly didn't even think about it. I think now you might start a business with a whole business plan. And my business plan was just two words, get clients. <laughs> and that was that was honestly it. Um, so the, the year before I started JC Social Media, probably set it up really well because I was on a graduate scheme, actually in social care, which is very different from, um, from social media. But um, I also worked, so I worked that as a full-time job and then I worked another full-time job at the same time as a, as a waitress. So um, it was a whole year of nine to five plus six to 11, um, nearly every day. And that was what set up this, like I, I basically had money to live on whilst I started my business and whilst I figured it all out. And I think that was really important because I knew for sure that I wanted to start a business, but I didn't know what it was. I kind of wanted to buy myself some time to think about it and make sure I picked the right thing. So, so yeah, I pretty much just decided what I was going to do. I think the, the thousand pounds, it was, it was 800 pounds, which went on a website and a course, a course on how to, how to do social media, how to be a social media manager. And then I turned up to networking events <laughs> and I must have been so like, I was super young. I was super naive. I, I turned up to networking events, told everyone what I was doing. And then when someone came up to me afterwards and said, Oh, that's interesting. Let's talk about that. I followed them up again and again and again to talk to them about it. Cause I just thought, you said you want to talk about it. <laughs> Let's talk about it. And so I think it was just that that naive persistence that led to having conversations, which led to meetings, which led to proposals, which led to clients. And I think it was a real big deal for me to get one client. And then once that was signed off, I was like, well, that's one. I mean, how hard is two or three or four? And then it, and then it grew from there. It was just that confidence to actually have that first client. And I think that that was that that made all the difference yeah um it, well it, it certainly shows um a mindset right and the fact that you've competed all the way up to the world championships you've been uh you know voted um you know in the 30 under 30 
Another award I haven't mentioned, along with your husband, you know, Great British Entrepreneur Award, uh, title of Entrepreneur's Champion there. Um, so, you know, it clearly shows that um, it's a mindset thing, right? More yeah. so than perhaps the educational background. So uh, would you 100%. agree with that? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I am... Um, I think that the the world is what you like you kind of project out who you are and that's what you hear back. So if you if you decide that today's going to be an amazing day, you will kind of collect evidence to back up that today's going to be an amazing day. And I think if you do the opposite, then the opposite happens. So if you approach life in such a way that well yeah, why couldn't I get to the world championships? Other people are doing it. Like I there's no reason I there's no reason I couldn't. We're all we're all kind of born roughly the same. We're all, um, we all have the same number of hours in each day. I try and see things as in a really simple way and then work out what I want to do and then try and do it as far as possible. I think the biggest pitfall that so many entrepreneurs face is that they split their time too much between too many things. And I think that the energy on the energy in one direction is really important. Yeah. So knowing what you're good at, what you're not good at, focusing on those things, important advice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to kind of wrap things up here in terms of really the way you're building your wealth, Jody, you are obviously building it in multiple pillars, uh, businesses and um and, and now across IP as well, but also joint ventures. So, you know, your latest book is uh, co-authored with Daniel Priestley. Daniel obviously featured on episode 67 of Wealth Talk. And um, tell us how that came about. That came about because um, I had this idea. I actually had an idea for a blog post. I um, put out a Harrow. So Harrow stands for how to raise sorry not how to raise how um, help a reporter out and it's where you collect where you kind of put out your story and different sources contribute so the harrow that I put out was how are you raising entrepreneurial kids or how were you raised to be entrepreneurial because I just wanted I wanted those stories from people and I thought I might get three or four that I could write a good blog post with and I got 500 and so I was reading through those stories being like oh my god and and everyone put so much detail into them and it was almost like they were having realizations as they were writing the responses so I got 40,000 words of (laughs) of responses through sorted them all into different sections and then thought this has to be a book it just has to be like it would be brilliant I was I was convinced that this is probably the biggest account of entrepreneur childhoods that probably even exists and so once I'd got a bit more of an idea around um around the book it could be I just I called Daniel so we'd we'd spoken at an event together a couple of years ago and just kept in touch and I said actually I think I pitched him in a voice note on WhatsApp (laughs) um and it was like so I've got this idea I've got this book and he called me back straight away and he just said yep great I'm in what do you need um and so then he introduced me to his publisher and they, they were fantastic in putting the book together and challenging us on a few things. And yeah. and then, yeah, we turned it into this magical, magical book that is so exciting to hear feedback from now. Yeah, well, well done on that. And of course, if our listeners would like to grab a copy of the book, have a read through that and obviously look at the Clever Tykes series as well and everything else, Jodie, where's the best place for them to do that? So the best place for that book and for all the Clever Tykes books is clevertykes.com forward slash book. Yeah. 
And uh, I've got a feeling that that won't be the last book that uh, comes from you, Joe. <laughs> Anything else in the pipeline at the moment? Um, yeah, a few a few things. I'll tell you when they've happened. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we'll look forward to inviting you back to, uh, to talk about those in the future. But thanks so much for sharing everything with us today, Jodie. Well done. And um, yeah, thanks for being a great guest on Wealth Talk. Thank you for having me. Some interesting thoughts there from Jody, Kevin, but you did make me chuckle just before we went into the interview saying that we like to dress up and I had a few images flashing through my mind there for a second. No, no, I think that says more about you than it does about me, Chris. <laughs> I mean, I know you like to wear your Santa suit and um, you know that's all I'm going to say about that. But I think when it comes to grown-ups as well, actually, thinking about grown-ups looking to dress up, you know, one of the things we notice when our clients go on property site tours and site visits, you know, so they'll, they'll put on the hard hat, Chris, the high vis jacket, they'll wear the steel shoes and they will feel like children again. They all giggle. They all laugh. It's just part of wanting to be a kid. And we all like, you know, our fancy dress parties and so on. So playing a role is an important part. Just look at what you do with kids. You know, they play shopkeepers, they play all sorts of things, which kind of brings them into the world. But having said that, you know, I remember that when you were, when I was young, there was, the activities were, were all pretty basic, but now everybody's got laptops and tablets and all sorts of things. And Jody makes a really good point, isn't it? That often, you know, the, the young kids can see the social media fruits of labor. I think she called it that, the, the, you know, they see the success of different people doing different things and they, they may not actually get to see the hard work that underpinned all of that. And that's a really important point, I think, to make. And she certainly worked hard, though, hasn't she, from the very get-go, trying to get that entrepreneurial role model idea out into schools and finding it really tough at the start. Now, obviously, everyone listening now, I imagine, will you know be of an entrepreneurial mindset and therefore most likely have an interest in their children developing that as well. But, you know, sometimes children, they just might not be interested. So it's not about forcing this upon them. But what I did like about uh, something Jodie said was doubling down on their interests. So simple example, you know, they're interested in dinosaurs. Just, you know, double down on that. See if that can be developed into something. Mm, yeah, I take the point, you know, look, react to that rather than than just sort of take it for granted, which means you've got to be there and you've got to be present with your kids and sometimes it will have an impact on um, on life in general, but creativity is a real key. And I remember a few podcasts ago, Chris, I can't quite remember, but I think we talked about, um, you know, the fantastic Ted talk about the loss of creativity and how kids are almost educated out from having the freedom to make mistakes and grownups start to turn into people who just avoid mistakes at all costs. I think it was Tim Robinson's Ted Ken, Robinson. yeah. Ken Robinson's, I'm sorry. Um, thanks for correcting me. Um, but, you know, he's a hero to me, even if I got his name wrong. And sadly, as I say, he passed away, but leaves a fantastic legacy himself on trying to influence the, the way schooling system can bring creativity back uh, for children. And, and I think Jody's no exception to that. The creativity, though, is in that entrepreneurial spirit rather than seeing everybody having to go through you know, schooling system which gears people up for jobs. You know, there's no reason why there can't be a team mindset, you know, from from the very early days, really. 
yeah, well, she mentioned that, you know, involving your siblings in creativity and problem solving. And, uh, you know, you can still be enterprising even without being a business owner. So it, it really is about the mindset, isn't it? And it always comes down to, you know, whatever you think and believe is possible to achieve as uh, obviously it goes back to the Think and Grow Rich book, uh, which is so seminal. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, I suppose we're influenced you know, by our observations, but we're not determined by those things. So we can choose our own paradigm in the end. And I think we can do that for our children and try and put them in situations where they can participate, you know, those experiences, they can learn. And we'll do our best through books from the very earliest ones, the financial fairy tales, which are really set in kind of medieval thoughts, to Jody's books, which are if you if you look at those, they're really up to date, aren't they? You know, people who can, kids who are very much with it, and the language that uh, she writes there is all very much about the the modern child. And we all see the familiar lessons, and we talk about wealth dynamics almost every episode. But uh, a key element, um, which again Jody touched on, is is the who, not how, and um, a couple of examples there. Yeah, definitely the you know the big the big who with the Lloyd sponsorship. Um, I mean, that's much easier, wasn't it, than getting lots of individual sponsors. I think she also touched on that with um, using Daniel, you know, giving a great contact. Daniel, who's a, a friend of Wealth Builders, and we've, as you say, we've had him on a podcast and we like Daniel a lot, um, and using his publisher and other examples as well, I think. So um, we're in the new year, and uh, before we broke up, we uh, put out a little uh, call, rally call, to see if we could hit the uh, milestone of 100 reviews on Trustpilot. And I'm very, very pleased to say that we we smashed it. We've now well over 100 reviews. So thank you so much for everyone that has kindly left some some words there. And uh, it's been so nice reading through those. And as always, be nice to just pick one out, Kevin, and share that right now. So Claire has said, I've always been a great saver of money, but never really understood how to create assets and passive income. It all seemed a bit out of reach to me, to be honest. Then I discovered Wealth Builders. The amount of education I've received and the connections and confidence that I've gained have completely exceeded my expectations. And I firmly believe that I will reach my goals in time. If anyone wants to truly, honestly understand how to build wealth in the long term, then this is the place to be. Well, there you go, Chris. So let's hope uh, that serves as words of inspiration as we move forward in 2021 and you create your own paradigm in 2021. And obviously 2020 has a, gave us a different set of circumstances, but we all can choose our response. That's what responsibility is, our ability to choose a response. So just as Jody's chosen a fantastic response, you know, with a powerlifting, a medal-winning person, a TEDx speaker, um, a creative writer, a podcaster, an overall nice person. So, you know, you can't really say bear in that. And she's chosen to do that. And I think make 2021 the year you're going to choose to stand up for something. I love the idea of working with outstanding people. And standing up for something means it isn't what you do. You know, when people get asked, um, who are you? They tend to respond with what they do, don't they? I'm a plumber, I'm an electrician. And I would say just be the best you, you know, you can be in 2021 and, and stand up for a set of values, determine what those values are. Like if, uh, if anybody was looking through, um, you know, and reading our hundred and odd reviews, Chris, there should be some words that come 
flowing out from that, that would be consistency, wouldn't they? There'd be integrity, there'd be sharing, there'd be community, there'd be education, there'd be holistic. You know, you can see those words because there are values and we live those values and that's really important. So choose your values for 2021, stand up for that. And, uh, and if you do that, you'll have every chance of being able to turn those values into future wealth value, uh, just as Jody's done for her business and just as we do at Wealth Builders. Yeah, yeah. Sharing that knowledge and collaboration is uh, key. And we talked on the last episode, obviously, with Neil Morgan, and, and we're going to be working with Neil to put together um, some education around this topic of uh, entrepreneurship for, for kids and teenagers. So we're working on that, really excited um, for that to be ready. But uh, we also said on the last episode, if you're listening right now, and this is an area you're interested in, then reach out to us, let us know, because you know the more people we can get involved in this, the more um, you know, support and ideas that we can bring together, then, uh, you know, that would, that would be fantastic. And, um, and we had, we had, uh, you know, people reaching out through social media, Kevin. So, um, so that's great. And if you're listening now and this is an area where you'd like to get involved with us, then please do drop us a message. Hello at wealthbuilders.co.uk or, uh, you know, through the Facebook groups online, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. And I think we learned a lesson from Jody there, didn't, didn't we? When she used, what did she call it? A harrow? Yes. Help a out. Yeah, help a reporter out. What a lovely term. You know, why don't we do a how which is help a wealth builder out, you know, and let's, let's try and see if we can't put something together, inspirational for kids. We're determined to do it. Wealth builders for kids. Come on, be part of that. Stand up to that if you don't have anything else uh, that you want to stand up for in 2021. Yeah, sounds good. Okay. Thank you for listening today. We appreciate you being back with us again for another year. And uh, Kevin, we'll catch up same time, same place next week. I look forward to it, Chris. Until then, my friend, see ya. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget that we are constantly updating our resources inside the Wealth Builders membership site to help you create, build and protect your wealth. Head over to wealthbuilders.co.uk slash membership right now for free access. That's wealthbuilders.co.uk slash membership.